What's going on ladies and gentlemen, Tyson Popplestone here, thanks so much for stopping by. Today in the show we are joined by the owner of the Kavanagh Whiskey and Ale House in Hillsville here in Victoria, Mr. Brendan Kavanagh, he's a good friend of mine, we have a lot of fun. Uh, no conversation with Brendo is a dull one, we cover his whiskey bar, we talk family, we talk business, we talk comedy and a whole heap more. So sit back, relax and enjoy this conversation with myself and Brendan Kavanagh. So what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. It's actually wild that it's been a year. I um, I saw... Yeah. I've been trying to keep track a little bit of, of what's going on on Instagram, like whenever you post one of your videos, because it looks like a man who's put like a little bit of thought into a, into a video idea. It is funny, though. It's funny how deceptive a good background can make someone look so organized. I'll, I'll watch podcasts, and I'm like, man, this is a legit podcast. And then I realized, no, no, they actually they don't just have a photo of Elvis and like the side of Bob Dylan's head in the background. They've got something which is actually an organized instruction studio, not just a spare room. It's a set. It's, it's a, a set, set piece. Should I, should, looking- I be tra- should I be transparent and flip around and, and show like what, what, you, <laughs> what my setup behind show is? Us, show us what you're working with. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I haven't done a podcast in over a year, but I'm like, ah, it's really echoey in here, and I've even like put stuff on the floor to like because it's timber floors in here. So I'm like, oh, I better. Uh... But look, it's all an illusion. Man, I um I felt better the other day because I've been watching Theo Von a little bit lately. Like yep. a lot of people, I love Theo Von. Man, did you hear his episode with Dana White? No, but I can imagine. He's just so endearing. Like, he'll come out with something super intelligent and stu- super stupid in it, the same sentence. Oh, it, the funniest example of that was he was talking, like he was opening up to Jordan Peterson a while ago about how he feels socially awkward. And did we talk about this the other night? No. He was socially awkward. And Jordan Peterson's like, yeah, well, like what social social awkwardness is, is an over-focus on yourself. Yeah. He goes, next time you feel socially awkward, just stop and think about, hey, what am I what am I thinking about now that's making me feel socially awkward? And Theo's like, dude, I can already tell you, like a lot of the time I'm there in a conversation, I'm thinking, oh man, everyone can see one of my legs as long as the other, I'm all upsided. <laughs> but then he had, dude, so he had Dana White on his podcast. Did you say yeah. you had or you haven't heard no, that No, I haven't one? seen that one, no. So you got to listen to it. So Dana White, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with him, the the main man behind UFC, and he just does not give a shit. Like, he does not doesn't play care. by the rules. Yep. He doesn't, he's not worried about winning over the media. He's not worried about, like, the mainstream or his public perception in that area, and I love him for it. But Theo was talking to him <clears throat> about that, and he's going, dude, I, I respect so much the fact that you don't seem like the kind of guy who will curtail what you believe in order to appease the mob. And he's like, dude, like classic example, this is Dana, he's like classic example was throughout COVID, I made a decision, I'm not laying anyone off, either we're all going down together or we're all making it through. And he goes, yeah, but like, how do you deal with sponsors who are who are unhappy with the way you operate your business? Obviously, Dana goes, you wanna know, you wanna know what I tell them? I tell them, if you're not happy with me, pay me what you owe me and fuck off and never call me. And Theo's like, oh, dude, I love that. He's like, I've actually been having trouble with a couple of sponsors myself. Um, Theo's like, what happened? He goes, well, uh, uh, sorry, Dana's like, what happened? He goes, oh, I had a, uh, an interview with RFK and a particular company contacted me saying, we need you to take that episode down. Otherwise, we can't work with you. And Theo was like, it's a Friday afternoon. I was so pissed off. And Dana's like, who, who was the company? And um, Theo's like, oh, it's this company called Peloton. It's a stationary bike company. 
And he goes, Dana goes, you know what? Peloton is the main bike in our UFC gyms. And because of that, and he, he calls the bloke in who runs the UFC gym. I don't know if it was one or multiple, like live on the podcast, because it was recorded at the UFC offices by the look of it. The guy comes into the studio and Dana goes, oh, is it Peloton who has their bikes in our gyms? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah. Dana's like, take them all out today, throw them in the bin. We, we've got nothing to do with that brand. I want nothing to do with them. Like, fuck. And Theo's like, yeah, man. Yeah, fuck Peloton, man. They could, yeah, fuck the Peloton, man. The confidence that he's all of a sudden. <laughs> and you can just see throughout it's like the course. When, it's, like, it's like when you're a kid and you're hanging out with somebody that's 10 years older than you and you're about to get in a fight and you all of a sudden you got this false confidence because you got someone that's six foot two and you're like five foot nothing. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's literally my, uh, my mate that I'm going to catch up with for coffee after this jocker. He's six foot four and... <clears throat> I got, I've actually, because I was a smart ass in school, obviously, because I was a distance runner. So as long as no one could catch me in the first hundred meters, I was safe. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the amount of shit I spoke to a a number of guys, there's this one guy, Hugh, I think his name was. And uh, like, he actually came at me one day and Jocker stepped in front and I was like, I'm so glad I have a bloke with a body this big to to stand up for me because I'd be a dead man. But it's exactly what it was like watching Theo just navigate his way through that and seeing his confidence rise. It's so hard not to. Like when you've got a bloke so like Dana who's wild. so successful and just does not give a shit, just no. barking orders at what you should be doing. Oh, man, I was cheering for him in my car as well. It's that whole, you know, that whole one. I know it's a bit overdone now. It's that, you know, be undeniable at what you do. You know, and it's, it gets to a point where you're just like, cool, I don't need to. It doesn't It's not stressing. You know, Rogan's another classic example. I think his first sponsor was the, uh, what's that, that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a sex toy thing. <laughs> doesn't care. And people are like it's and now it's at a point, same thing, where it's just like, doesn't matter. Okay, you don't like me. That's cool. That's there's, okay. so, there's so many different because uh, you could not get more stark contrast between a bloke like Joe Rogan and Theo Vaughn. It's yeah. so weird how there's so many podcasts that work. Like yeah. you look at a bloke like Theo and dude, he's funny. He was sitting in the interview. Who was he? he this was with Tucker Carlson. Your yeah. doppelganger, at least in personality. And I mean that with nothing but respect. I love the whole 100%. interview. I was listening to him go, this is Brendo. His anyway, whole last year is wild, by the way. Start saying that the JFK assassination assassination was an inside CIA job. And all of a sudden, it was Fox's number one program. And they're like, nah, you're out. That. Not the COVID stuff, not anything else. Touch on that. You're sacked. At his peak. Yeah, anyway. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with um with him on on X, which still feels ridiculous to call it on X. Uh, it's it's just it's very like there's obviously been a shift. I reckon you look at you look at the public perception of a bloke like Tucker Carlson. I think anyone who's being half honest and has actually sat down and listened to him for fifteen minutes knows he's an incredibly smart guy. Yeah, from what you can tell, he seems incredibly open and and honest. Yeah. Like he's not going to bullshit you on purpose. Yeah. And it's it's very strange just to watch that dynamic between mainstream media and like independent media at the moment. But yeah. because with so many people like him, who is the man behind Fox, like the man that yeah. was bringing in the ratings, as yeah. you just said, when he decides to leave and run his own show, and Twitter shows the numbers that at least tune in or scroll past an episode, Shoot. I don't know how many hundreds of million it was, or like eighty. I, I can't remember. Yeah, but to see the amount of people that he's actually drawing to a platform like that, surely other companies start to wake up and go, all right, well, maybe all this shadow banning is... Um... And it's and it's exactly back to your point about, you know, with the story with Dana and, and Theo around Peloton, is these companies that 
virtue signal to try and get a quick sale, which is what it is. Like, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but my favorite example of this is BMW, right, for Pride Month a couple of years ago, changed the BMW logo to the Pride logo. And a bunch of people called them out going, cool, why don't you update that in Abu Dhabi, Dubai, Saudi Arabia, like in some of the Arab countries, why don't you update your, your logo to the Pride logo there as well? It's such a good point. Oh, we can't do that. It's like, well, do you actually care? Or is it just a croc? You know? Oh, it's is a con, it... sorry. It's a con. It's, 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 hey, look over here. But I think, I think you're right. I think people are just, they just had a gut full of it. I think, you know, did you, I don't know if you saw the clip of um, Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson walking in with Dana White to the UFC a couple of weeks ago oh. Oh, with Kid Rock, sorry. And everyone was just going, oh, it was wild. It's just like, but then the media's like, it's, yeah. It's something shifting. Yeah, I hope so. It's weird. Like that example with, with BMW is a really interesting example because I, I would respect a company like BMW more if they actually did. Like if they 100%. did, if they believed in yeah. it so much, like, hey, change your flag, but yeah, do it universally. Like, yep. so to go to your point, like we know it's in the name of a quick sale, but it is weird because there's a lot of people, and I guess this is what I was trying to sort of, hint at when I was talking about Tucker Carlson. You see the numbers of people that come with him from Fox to Twitter. Like I rejoined Twitter as a like a little hat tip to Elon and what he's yeah. doing, but also because yeah. people like Tucker have decided to to go down that rabbit uh, go down that route and uh, you know just share their own version of the news through their own show without all the bureaucracy behind it. But you'd think with the amount of numbers, like surely there's some incentive for companies to actually take the non-woke route anymore as well i know it's actually funny how much it's shifted uh the story around bud light now because i don't know if you know that bud light's become the major sponsor of the ufc for the next That's six years right. did you hear that and i heard that and i was like oh no what is going on here like i was i was quietly celebrating their downfall after the dylan mac uh yeah whatever whatever that guy's name and uh what is his name McElvain. you know who i'm talking McElroy? about yeah, McElroy he, was the he, tennis player, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, I don't yeah, know. One of them. But um, yeah, Theo and Dana were talking about that and they both gave me a tune-up because Dana's like, I'll tell you why I'm going to support this company. He goes, first of all, they gave 2,500 personalized cans that day. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Second cool. of all, they hire 65,000 Americans. Yeah. Like, so to celebrate the downfall of the companies, to celebrate like the loss of jobs to American people. And I was like, oh, whoa, I did not even think of that. Yeah. And then the last thing he said was just talking about, you know, what Americans like with how much love and support they give their their veterans. I don't know if that's like yeah. a, a true universally, but uh, I know there's seems to be a whole lot more respect for, for veterans over there than what you get here in Australia. Like it's more of a tradition thing. And him talking about how much Anheuser-Busch gives towards uh, veterans each year. I was like, okay, well, Far out. I forgot how short-sighted I was. It's so hard not just to get caught. I, I noticed this. Like, I'll get caught uh, in, like, the buzz of it, sort of like the GameStop story where you just oh. get pumped to see something fall apart. And I was watching, but I was like, you'll get stuff. And it was kind of nice. The reason I liked it was the same reason I liked the fact that Australia voted no to the referendum. It was like, I just feel as though we're, 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 we're just taking a little tiny bit back from the actual leftists. It's nice to see some people stand up and, vote with their feet a little bit more and go, all right, well, um, I don't know. Like, I just feel like those leftist, loud, purple-haired, like, fat chicks for the last eight years have dominated the conversation. I'm just so overhearing their voice. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's interesting to say what you bring up. I had, in the lead-up to the vote um, here in Australia, I had, in the week 
two weeks leading up to it. And, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm trying to be as objective as anything and try not to let my bias of looking at the super left stuff and looking at all the celebrity endorsements, this celebrity saying yes, this celebrity saying yes. And I'm just like, oh, my natural inclination is just to swing to the opposite side of that. I'm like, no, no, that's also not helpful. That's not healthy. Okay, well, I'm going to try and literally block out as much of the noise from both sides and just kind of have a look at it myself and, and, and look at it with my own eyes and work through it logically and 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 you know i'm looking at it and i'm like okay yeah recognition in the constitution okay yeah that, look look that that's uh, i can't believe that's not a thing already that should like okay they can okay sure like that again um through the voice i'm like oh hang on what's what's that and then trying to look into that and trying to get the details of that and i'm like okay cool like voices are good and i think one person i can't remember it was it john anderson said we've had lots of voices um, and now's not the time for, for talking, it's for listening. What we need, need is ears and then hands doing. Um, and that was my, you know, my main you know, initial concern was just like, okay, so what's stopping the government from just ignoring this advice and ignoring the advice of the committee? Because, hey, I work for a university for a spell. Committees, whew, they, are, they are not always effective, helpful or uh, pragmatic in getting stuff done. Um, so I'm like, man, okay, this boy, okay, look, try to look in more detail and, and then um, in that week leading up to it, had uh, two Indigenous people come through the bar at ideal times where it was actually nice and quiet. So I got, I got to pick their, their brain on a little bit and ask what their thoughts were. Both of them, one was a hard no straight off the bat. It's like, mate, government's told us stuff before. They never follow through. They're full of shit. Why are we trusting them now? What's different? Nothing. They're the same Muppets. It's, what are they going to do for us out here? It's all your, your ones living in Canberra. Like, it's good for them. They'll just talk, talk, talk. No, nothing will change. I'm over it. They've conned us before. This just sounds like another con. I'm like, okay. I was getting that impression, but I'm not in his shoes. So I, I was finding it hard to really kind of go, well, I'm feeling this, but I'm not in their shoes. But um, And then this other lady came in and she was on the fence. Um, and then as we're talking and I actually had somebody else sitting at the bar that was um, another Frankston boy like myself. And he was a hard yes. He was like, nah, we've done them wrong and we just need to fix it. So this is the way. We just need to just say yes because I don't have a right to say no because, you know, of the, the terrible things that have happened. And I'm like, and she went, that's bullshit. <laughs> and he was like, uh, hang on, what? Really taken aback. And then she was walking through sort of her journey with it. And, and you know, one of the little things that we kind of came to in like understanding what was being proposed is it, and this is my metaphor of it, um, it's like, have you ever bought a car? And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, it's great, it's great, it's great, it's a good car. It's like, oh, cool, yes, yeah, ever been written off? Oh, what are these T's and C's down the bottom? Oh, don't worry about that, don't worry about that, don't worry about that. Sorry, what's the interest rate on, like, is it, hang on, that's, it, it was all these little things that they were just like, hang on a minute, this seems like this, the fine print that could come back and bite us in the bum down the track. And, you know, Definitely in, in the zeitgeist of Australia at that point in time, if you even were flirting with the idea of no, you're a racist, was was the perception. It's like, oh, are you saying that they're going to take away our land? I'm like, no. I'm saying if this is a deal, or the way I, I put it was, you know, when I was working for the university, um, we were part of the student association. So we were funded directly by the students' funds, not through HECS, but through an actual fee that students had to pay. So every proposal that I had to put together, whether it was orientation week or a club event or something like that, every dollar that I spent was highly scrutinized. And every plan I put it forward had to have clearly stated how this was going to benefit students, what students, how many, and, and the impact it was going to have. 
And I had to map that out to be able to get that approved 12 weeks in advance. Um, and I'm looking at the voice and I'm like, if I had to submit that to my old boss, it wouldn't get passed. There was not like, oh, and, all, and that's the lens that I ended up looking at it with is like, if I was in the position where I had to be responsible for somebody else's funds, for somebody else's well-being, and benefit them, does this plan hold water? And I looked at it with that lens. And I'm like, ah, there's some, there's some big just, we'll figure it out. Figure it out. It's like that's yeah. not the way to go about something that's been, you know, historically mismanaged time and time and time again. So. Dude, it's so funny just walking around here. So Point Lonsdale, I've never seen an yeah. Aboriginal in this town in my whole life. But the amount, I'm not kidding, like the amount of yes signs on the mansions all around us, just it just made me laugh so much. And I, I used to, <clears throat> I'll send you this clip later. Have you seen that Chase's War on Everything clip from like 2005 where they go to some castle or they go to some big private property and at the front it says we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land? No. And they, they ring the bell. The staff come out. They've got like five or six Aboriginal people with them. And um, the guy comes out and he's like, oh, can I help you? He's like, oh, yep, uh, just let you know this is our land. Could you just open the gate for us? And they're like, I beg your pardon? He's like, no, no, we are the Warrenjuri tribe. Like, that's yeah. that's us. This is our land. Thank you for the acknowledgement. Um, we're just going to come in and, and are you right with that? And the guy's like, uh, I don't think you're allowed to. I think um, that's more just a recognition of whose land it is. <laughs> and it's that classic old, yeah. it's like, yeah, we stole your bike. We acknowledge it used to be yours, but it's mine now. And so yeah. don't touch it. And I but, just, what, I, but what we'll do is we'll set up a committee hmm. that can give us advice on what we can do. Or maybe if you want to borrow it every other weekend, <laughs> yeah, if, as long as right. we're not using it, um, then you can, if, if Susan approves. Yeah. Um, but if but if Susan doesn't approve, well, it's uh, guys, we listened um, and we took your advice on board. Um, but Susan, who's actually in the opposition party, um, mm -hmm. she didn't approve it. So it's all her fault that we're not listening to you. Yeah, I just, I'm just, so sick. Of, I'm just so sick of that big bully, uh, like whoever it is, whether it's government or just some committee or some group of people just bullying people into like, it's so easy just to call someone a racist or it's so easy just yeah. to call someone a like i get angry at jess uh, whenever we're having an argument she's like well i'm sorry you're offended by that i go well no it's not just about me being offended by it like sometimes it was the way that it was delivered you can't and it's like you know when someone's tired or someone's being grumpy and you're like oh like are you tired or something you're grumpy like you put them in this little box and all of a sudden they've they've naturally just got to fight their way out and it makes you more angry yeah it was if i was talking to someone about it and they would go oh like would this didn't happen, but just for the sake of uh, sake of argument, they go, "Oh, so you're a racist?" You go, "Well, how do I yeah. come? How do I speak to you now?" <laughs> like yeah. because if that's how, if that's where you perceive me, like obviously, oh, bro, Jesse. It's such a best. good. It's yeah. So you go. No, so I was just going to say, Jesse had the best experience. So the the worst experience. I won't say names because I, I don't want to make it any more awkward in case uh, who the person was happens to come across this podcast. Because I mean, far out. So Jessie was up at night for a couple of nights and getting she was getting fiery about this whole yes, no vote. She just, yeah. she wanted to vote no. She was sick of the the name calling. She's like, all right, I'm going to go down and I'm going to actually just work on the no booth on the day. I'm going to speak to people about why I'm voting no, blah, blah, blah. She came home. She did it. I go, how was it? She goes, good, apart from a couple of people. She goes, the, and she said to me, she goes, the, the most intense, I had one lady come up to me. She's like, I recognized her. I don't know exactly where i recognized her from she was she was local she goes and she just ripped me to shreds she's like who are like 
who are you? I've just got back into this country and I can't believe we're about to vote no. Like, who are you people? This is disgusting. Anyway, she, she came, she went and voted, came out, and she's like, oh, so did you put that no sign up on the fence across the road, blah, 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 just getting, and Jessie was like, man, she goes, oh, if I ever see that lady downtown again, I'll, I'll point her out to you just so you know. It was so awkward. Anyway, that's one part of the story. Next part of the story, I won't name the brand because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but it's a, it's a really well-known brand um, here in Australia, international. They were looking for some, uh, so friends of ours at church are mutual friends with the person who runs this company. They said, we, we're looking for, um, for some, a couple of little kids, you know, little surfy looking kids. We, we want them just to be in the photos, you get a gift voucher, blah, blah. Jessie's like, oh, 100%. Like if friends from church need us to, to help out, sounds like fun. She was getting a bit of free product. I'll do it. So Jessie took the kids down. Um, they were going to be little models for this brand for the day. Jessie walked in, so it was a, a photo shoot. She's going to be there for four hours. It was literally, so it's the owner of the company. There's a few of the marketing, a few of the photographers. Jessie walked in with, with Ollie. It was, Charlie wasn't there. She walked in, got taken to the room. One of the ladies who was looking after her was like, oh, just over there is such and such. Uh, this is her company. Jessie looked at such and such and was like, oh, no. It's the chick who just ripped me to shreds at the... And so Jessie was sitting there. She's like, I was just praying that this that this chick would just not recognize me. She walked in, um, didn't recognize her. The lady kept saying to her, oh, you look so familiar. I've seen you somewhere before. I know you're from somewhere. And Jessie was like, yeah, yeah, yep. And <laughs> she goes, but they, they got on like a house on fire. She goes, without that, without that tainted image of what it was that she was supporting. This is what I struggle with as well, is like when you have a highly – politicized topic yeah. like that it's so yeah. I, I often struggle like through COVID I struggled so much to like have a friendly conversation with like a passionate yeah. vaxxer because I was like yeah. you're just in my head I was like oh so you're like you're an idiot <laughs> you know yeah. but then time passes on and I look at those same people now and I'm like oh you're actually a legend I've had so oh, many yeah. moments with people at comedy where I'm like oh dude you're the like you're a lovely person and Dana White said this the other day he goes, I don't, I don't give a shit about what someone believes politically. Like, I think it was him. He goes, my only measurement for whether I'll have time for you is, are you a douchebag or are you a good person? And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's the, that's the attitude I need to take. Because, like, the idea of losing friends because they completely disagree with something I believe politically just seems like I would have no friends left really quickly. And then oh. when you actually take the emotion out, you're like, oh, there's so many legends who completely disagree with me and vice versa. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a couple of regular customers at the bar um, that were were pretty ostracised uh, during during COVID because uh, they were you know labelled anti vaxxers and they they're some of my best customers. They're they're there you know most days of the week. Come in, have a couple of pints of lager, and, and head home in the afternoon. And I've had other customers come in in the evening and go, oh, if I see so and so and so and so sitting at the front, I don't come in here. Oh, uh, how come? Oh, they're dirty anti-vaxxers. You know they're anti-vaxxers. I'm like, it's 2023, yeah? Um, uh, I was so taken aback. I'm just like, okay. Like, yeah. What do you want me to do? Tell them, hey, that person doesn't like you. And I actually said to the person, I'm like, well, it's a good thing the whiskey doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? I'm like, Oh, it just wants to be drunk. Like yeah. the beer just wants to be drunk. Like it, it, 
I, I'm a bar. I'm not, not a court. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bar. People are welcome. Everybody's welcome. Even you. Just don't be a dickhead. Same rule. Like just anyone's welcome in my bar. Just don't be an asshole. That'll get kicked kicked out. Hey, and I've had, you know, there's only one time I had to step in and get them to simmer down because the conversation got a little bit heated um, between these people and some others in the bar because it started oh, well, getting a little topic. bit nasty. Um, <laughs> well, oh, okay. Um, I hope everyone's ready. So, so <laughs> no, they, they, look, they do have some other fun, fun ideas. Um, but the first one I encountered that took me back was that the, um, the Freemasons were the first ones to land on the moon and play golf. I'm like, okay, that's a good one. Okay, I hadn't heard that one. Appreciate it. Um, then Flat Earth. That one I wasn't really surprised about. Um, the one that got me, though, and that actually started this intense argument was um, that aeroplanes run on compressed air, like an air canister, because fuel is too heavy for the wings. So aeroplanes run on air compressors. Um, we had an ex-Navy guy in there that was a pilot. He's uh, <laughs> like, not true. <laughs> oh, and, and then the whole like Antarctica is like the, the ice wall at the end of the planet type thing. He's like, no, I was stationed down there six months at a time for three years. Like I've, I've, I've been there. It's, it's definitely not an ice wall. <laughs> and the conversation got, that's where it started getting a little bit nasty and I had to kind of go, okay, guys, let's, 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 let's bring it back down to. I feel like nastiness, like if someone, if it's so funny, man, because I can just tell there'd be so many people listening to this because the flat earth thing is one that's starting to get a bit more traction, isn't it? So much more traction. I was with a friend the other day, so a mutual friend of ours, Joash, who is is a great guy to talk to about this stuff because Joash yeah. is like, if you're ever going to call someone a conspiracy theorist, he's the man you give a title to. And I say this with nothing but respect. I love the guy. I love having him at a house. I love having conversations with him. It's but And he'll tell you straight up that people are going to view him as a conspiracy theorist. But the problem is he's, well, I mean, the problem that people face is He's, you know how some people are so, like you're so well researched and no matter what someone throws at you, you've, if you're not equally as educated about their topic and about like your counter to that topic, you can make yourself look like a dick real quick. Yep. I've never, and here's where I said, I personally don't give a shit if the earth's flat. That's what yep. I've realized. Yeah. I, I don't care if it's flat. I don't care if it's round. I kind of like the idea of the earth being flat just because I feel like the creation story, it makes me feel more significant, makes me feel like, all right, if I'm God's only creator and there's no other life out there, then we're really important. I like yeah. it for that reason. Yeah. But I, the truth is, if I'm being lied to about that, we go for it. I've got yeah. like, I, I've got, I'm trying to write funny jokes. I'm trying yeah. to, I'm trying to look after my family. I don't, I don't really care about the shape of it. Isn't it funny though? Like there's certain topics, um, Man's trip to the moon, the Freemasons playing golf up there, the flat earth, um, uh, 9-11 was an inside job. Um, chemtrails, chemtrails, fluorized I mean, moon, uh, mind control. And then, oh, like, I'm like, is there, like, I'm not disregarding everything. And it's hard sometimes when you just throw it, like, the baby out with the bathwater. Like, if the spectrum's here, and if absolute yeah. crazy is that the, the world is flat and a little bit crazy is that, like, the fluoride's messing with your brain or whatever, like, where... Where is some sense of reason? But it's interesting when you get people who are just balls deep in this topic. But the other thing is, the other thing is it's so hard to keep up with like how quickly things change because the, the same people that were, were experts on the, the topic of, of COVID and Russia versus Ukraine are now the experts on Israel and Palestine. And they go, hang on a second. Like, 
I'm uh, so I'm yeah. so confused. Yeah. Like I I'm still trying to figure out who I'm going for out of Russia and Ukraine. <laughs> do you know what I mean? What do you mean I have to figure out Israel and Palestine now? And dude, oh, don't tell me I'm smarter the... than Ben Shapiro. I listen to Ben Shapiro talk about it, and I'm like, surely he's right. Like it has to be right. And then Candace Owens, she comes out. I don't know if you've heard the beef between them, but Jesse was trying to give me a little update. Nah, fill me in. Oh, I actually don't know that much, but I, I don't know whether this is whether this is true. Um, the, uh, apparently, it, it looks as though, from what I've heard, like Candace Owens might be stepping away or being fired from the Daily Wire. I don't know. Like I could just be talking shit here, so I don't take it too seriously. Um, but I think some of it had to do with her take on like the the Israel versus Palestine war. Like obviously, Ben Jewish, like super pro Israel, and she's like, no, but you're just being so emotional about this that you're not actually giving any reasonable thought to the, to the other side of the argument. Uh, that's not what she said. That's just sort of like yeah, a very yeah, surface yeah, level yeah, yeah. breakdown. But anyway, I, I don't really know. But Jesse, who follows Daily Wire fairly closely, was like, oh, man, like it looks like there might be some beef <laughs> in amongst, um, I don't know. I don't know, bro. Yeah, it's, it's interesting times, that's for sure. Oh, it's – I'm so tired. I just I – just, like you said, I just – like you just said, yeah. you know, you want to, you just want to tell jokes, tell funny jokes, and Let I think tell you funny we, joke. I think often, um, and I know this is a gross generalization, but everybody else does it, so I'm allowed to. Um, that when our small world, small life, you know, family, job, you know, that immediate circle of influence um, seems, I don't know, mundane, boring, or um, can't be sold or can't change that so often as humans we then project our frustrations onto bigger problems that are completely out of our control and sometimes have nothing to do with us at all and we become super passionate about it because whether we're bored in our life stagnant or have problems that we can't solve in our own world as we try and solve everybody else's problems as a as some i don't know attempt at controlling something in our life maybe it could be i'm not sure but I think I just I just wonder how much that plays a part in it that you know we're we're so saturated with so much information around the world now we've got so much access and updates and everything that it's it's, it's really easy to get distracted from what really matters and what's really close to us um, by stuff that honestly yeah I'm sad for what's happening in Israel and Palestine but holy shit me having a stance on social media is not going to move the needle and that's the thing at all because that thing goes back thousands of years I that's know. not me having a political opinion it's like guys it's it, this is not a new like. Yeah. This is where I get confused as well because it doesn't matter. You're exactly right. It doesn't matter. Like I could educate myself as much as I possibly could on that one particular issue. And apart from this conversation that we're having, that serves absolutely no yep. value. Like it means yep. I can riff with you. I can hopefully give you some other perspectives and vice yep. versa, other thoughts. It makes me look good. Uh, it, it might just like tick that curiosity box and, and that intrigue yeah. box um, that I, that I want to tick. But apart from that, like it literally will solve absolutely nothing between that tension. And that's where I get torn between like, all right, yeah. what's the benefit to knowing this and what's the benefit yeah. to completely ignoring it. And so yeah. often the benefit to completely ignoring it seems to outweigh the other. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had to like deliberately stop myself from seeking out updates on what's happening over there. I'm just like, I just, now I know it's happening. Um, I feel like I've got a, a surface level understanding, which I feel like, you know, okay, cool. And that's it. I'm not going to be, you know, looking up every day what the latest update is because it's not healthy for me, and it, it doesn't, you know, I've got other things I need to think about. You got a, you got a whiskey bar to run. You got a yeah, whiskey got a, bar to run. Got a, got a whiskey bar to run and a seven-month-old daughter and, a, and an amazing wife. It's like I don't need these distractions. You know, mm -hmm. focus on on my little tribe and community and 
and you know keep being better at that rather than trying to solve something that i can't yeah dude how is your little tribe and community going mate it's been wild so the bar's been open about 13 months now which is crazy i think last time we spoke we didn't i didn't even have stevie yet my little daughter no No. No. i mean well last time and on the podcast that was i mean you had it last week when i saw you at the comedy show but yeah 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 yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's it um so it's going great guns man like it's 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 been it's been an incredible 12 months to you know the same day we signed the lease for the for the venue we found out we're pregnant with stevie and now she's here as well so you know sleep's overrated i think that's been one of the the funnest things to try and negotiate between having a bar that often i mean last night for example it's a wednesday night midweek um got out of the bar by about 12 home about quarter past 12 by the time you wind down it's you know one one thirty, and i was lucky enough i was asleep enough and Kate's doing an amazing job as a mum. That when Stevie woke up at five AM, I didn't even oh. notice. <laughs> oh, dude, thank God for and that. There's been a couple, you know, three AM wake ups where I have woken up as well and, and and everything. But we just, you know, we've found a new flow. Like our people talk about alternate lifestyles. I'm like, <laughs> cool. Uh, it's a Twitter bio, but um, try having like actual like alternate lifestyle. Like I don't start work till two in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whereas most dads get home and they get to see the kids and have dinner and watch TV and all that, um, we don't get that, but we get the mornings together. We get to, you know, sit up in bed after she's had a feed and play and, and muck around and I'll try and put her to sleep, but I don't have boobs, so I can't do much there. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's always nice to try. Every now and again, I'll try and put Dude, Stevie so down funny. to sleep and you it's go, so I got this. And then she just wakes up and's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> You're not mum. We were laughing yesterday. One of the guys at the um, local gym here in Queenscliff, his wife just gave birth to their little boy last Friday. And uh, he's still nursing a couple of man boobs. He's getting back into some gym workouts. And he goes to me, um, he goes, oh, be honest, did you ever try and feed Charlie? I go, I got photos to prove it. I got uh, <laughs> I got photos of him fully latched that I sent to my friends that my wife was really no. upset with me for doing. And um, yeah, but dude, it's right. Like they get the message pretty quick. There's not much coming out of there. It's oh, so funny, man. It was like, like actually just just this morning. I think it was the first time I was sitting up in bed holding Stevie. Wasn't wearing a shirt, and she noticed my nipples for the first time and kind of like gave it a scratch and kind of looked at me just like. Are you kidding? <laughs> You're a disappointment. Yeah. You're a Actually, disgrace. that's what it was. It was the first time she's been disappointed in me. <laughs> Won't be the last. Sorry. Kid. Man, how are you guys going with it? It's such a, I'm trying to remember, like, I reckon the first, I reckon me and Jesse were more bicker at each other with, with Ollie because it was just like then, I felt like from zero to one kid was intense, as you know all about. And then from one to two kids, I was like, holy shit. Like this yeah, is because right. you don't go from one to two. You go from one to it feels 15. Yeah. But I still remember that first that first couple of weeks, I reckon, because my mindset around what my actual responsibility was when Charlie was first born, when we had the one kid, I was like, all right, I'm on. I was doing a bit of teaching at the time is, is, yep. what, they, is what they call it. I was out of school getting paid to be there. I don't know how much teaching was going on, which is, I mean, that's a whole nother podcast, but I had two weeks of paternity leave and I was like, oh, great. This is an opportunity for me just to work on relaxed running and I'm there if Jesse needs me. And so I took that attitude into like stay-at-home dad life for the first couple of weeks. And man, that's just a recipe for butting heads. Like I reckon me and Jesse that first couple of weeks, she was like, oh, you're you're an arsehole. And I was like, I think you're right, but I'm going to fight back at that point because it's hard to swallow. And so, yeah, the lack of sleep, just the new learnings, the – um, the crying, like the constant, oh. um, it, it's just endless. And then, 
just trying to have any time for the things that your whole life had been revolving around up until that new little kid came in is like a recipe for disaster. But I mean, some people, yeah. I don't know, you, you seem to be holding it together pretty well. Yeah, I think Kate and I, even before the business, communicate really well. We don't, we're, we're both very similar communication styles. We both, we can both be very stubborn, um, but we're good in calling out or even just asking the question like, hey, you all good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another question that we ask regularly is, are we all good? And then that's usually followed up with whatever the answer is. Be like, no, nah, oh, look, this was just a bit annoying. Can you please, you know, can you please just make the bed in the morning, babe? And I'm like, yeah, fickle. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely drop the ball on that. <laughs> um, or, you know, it's like, no, nah, we're fine. I'm just cooked. Well, okay. No worries. But if I'm cooked, you know, sort of three, four days in a row, it's, you know, all right. And we ask each other, you know, whoever's what, and it's like, you know, what can I do to help? You know, it's, it's that approach of, hey, I want you to be winning. You want me to be winning. What can I do to help set you up for the day? And I think that's where, like, again, we're lucky because we start our day together. Um, you know, yeah, we're both pretty rusty in the morning and bleary-eyed and, you know, figuring it out. But as we, you know, we go through, okay, what do you got on today? Oh, I've got this and this. Okay. And then the next question we usually ask is, what can I do to help? And most of the time, it's like, no, happy days, all good. Sometimes, it's like, Kate's like, do you want me to bring you down dinner if it's a day at the bar that I'm working by myself all day? And I'm like, actually, that would be, that would be super helpful. That'd be super helpful. And she's like, hey, do you mind just doing the vacuuming in the bins before you head off? I'm like, hundred um, percent. Don't always get it right. Sometimes I will get to the bar and be like, ah, shit, I forgot. <laughs> so you get distracted. But then you know, it's 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 we don't take it as anything that is personal, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we very much always, and I had to improve this when we started the bar because I definitely, in one sense, I'm like, no, no, this is an us project starting this business together, but I'm doing the majority of it, you know, building it, running it, you know, I'm the one that's there, you know, running it on the day to the day and everything. And I got caught out a couple of times without even thinking, I'd say, me and I, and I wouldn't use, talk about inclusive language. Um, I had to get better. And and it's one of those cases where the change in language shifted my um, perspective and approach and behavior is by, you know, continually reminding myself that this is our bar. This is our project. It's us, it's us, it's us, it's us. Help me be more considerate of Kate and including Kate in things like little example, you know, photographer reached out um, from the local paper to want to do an article on it. And um, again, we've got Stevie at this time. Uh, no, sorry. We didn't have Stevie yet. Um, I'm like, Oh yeah, I can just pop down at this time tomorrow and organized it. And I was like, Oh shit. Can, um, can Kate make it? Oh yeah. Cause it's a photo shoot about our bar. And I've just gone ahead and just organized it with just me. It's like, yeah. she'll probably want to be there. Shit. Uh, <laughs> hey, babe. So I definitely just went ahead and organized this with just me because I, yep, went ahead and went as if it was just, I'm the only one doing this business, but it's our business. So sorry. Are you free at this time tomorrow? She's like, yes, I am. I'm like, okay, cool. But it's not like, you know, if, if I hadn't have done that and then this article comes out, it would have been like, wait, when did you do this? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all about me. It's like, oh, shit. But it's the same with the parenting side of things as well. Like, She's doing a majority of the work, 100%. Um, but if I go, oh, that's your job, is the kid. My job is the bar. All of a sudden, you're sitting at opposite ends of the you know, metaphorical house. 
not talking to each other, not helping each other, not able to read when, not being aware, you know, when Stevie's been, you know, cracking the shits and Kate's going to be cooked. All right, so now I need to step up. Or when I've had, you know, a rough couple of days at the bar for <laughs> million different reasons, that can happen. Um, and then Kate's like, hey, what can I do to help you? Because I know you're going to be more tired there. Um, so I think just being open and, and then, you know, we are very deliberate in just going, hey, just a heads up, I'm grumpy, not at you. <laughs> just yeah, need to go do that's this. That's a like, good tip. Sweet. That's a good tip. Just flying it. Yeah, I need to do more of that because I'll wake up and I'll be grumpy. And when I go grumpy, I go quiet. I'm like, oh, I, don't, I can't be bothered talking. Yeah. Jesse reckons Jesse reckons I just turn into an absolute idiot. Like if I'm grumpy, my communication just goes out the window. Like my yeah. interest in trying to express how I actually am feeling. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, whatever, figure it out. Like you'll, you'll understand yeah. I'm pissed off soon. And yeah. it's just a, it's a recipe for disaster because so often yeah. she'll be like, oh, is it me? I'm like, and I... Yeah. <laughs> when I'm grumpy, <laughs> I'll just, I'm like, that oh, could be, it may be, like it might be you. That's Actually, a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, oh bro, that's only one of a, a bag full of dick moves that I've got. But um, <laughs> thank you God I'm patient. Thank you, I've got a bag of dicks. Cool. Um, yeah, I collected them from all the bombs at comedy shows over the recent months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I couldn't eat them all. Um, but uh yeah, so no, it's actually true. It takes it does take humility. Like even this morning, this is one thing that Jesse's good at. So we we've started to try and uh, ironically, so I'm using Google Calendar on my phone because I used to until six months ago, I was just using a a journal, and I was like, that's yeah. just how I organize my week. Yeah, but it just was such a waste of time. Jesse never saw it, so I was like, all right, let's get like a joint uh, a joint diary there. I'll put in all my commitments. Yeah, cool. You put in all your commitments, and then we'll see any clashes. But yeah. then, like, there's always one of us who forgets to double check the yeah. diary before we make a booking. And so, like, I reckon our most consistent argument is, like, oh, you're doing another podcast. What do you mean I have to let Ollie sleep in the car so you can go talk to Brendo? And yeah. this seems like an incredibly fresh example. And maybe because it is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dude, no, it's so that's my own dumb fault. Well, it's that's so one tr- of the things that, that, that Kate and I joke about regularly. And it's usually, you know, on a Saturday or a Sunday morning when there's a lot going on, as well as the bar. Um, it's like relationships are 80% talking logistics. Like so majority of conversation is discussing logistics, especially this time of year, Christmas coming up. Like, if like forget like communication being you know an important thing in a relationship. No, no, no. If you can't talk logistics and organize your way out of a paper bag as a couple, mm-hmm. you're guaranteed for a little bit of trouble. May not be like you know breakup level, but organizing the logistics is always going to be a challenge because it's 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 you have to you have to talk practicality and okay we got this we got that and then you know the, one of the the recent ones that we're done trying to you know plan Christmas and New Year's and everything because we've got birthdays we've got family at opposite ends of the planet. Is we've had to kind of go to, to family. Hey, we're not we're not going to be there at this time. Like we're going to be just here at home because last year we tried doing everything and it killed us. Especially with the bar and the hours there is protecting our personal space and time as well. Has um, been a massive one. Again, just yeah. so just so, just protecting that energy that we've got because it is so limited and realizing that when we you know we keep putting out too much that we're useless. <laughs> Yeah, man, it sounds like um, you've got things flowing nicely. Like I got a little update last week when we caught up, but in terms of the bar running, like the last 12 months, it's uh, you've got some structures in place that seem to be making it work really nicely. Like it's, it's obviously going well from from all I, yeah. all I can see and from what I've heard. Yeah, it's been, it's, it, it's kind of got to, like it's always been sustainable and like, you know, without going into too many of the details, like the bar's running financially well enough. We've got 
wages at a really good percentage, um, you know, compared to the industry, include and that includes paying myself a wage from the business as well in our first mm-hmm. year, and it's going well enough that we're like, oh sweet, this is this is a good thing, like and. The, the, the stage it's at now is, you know, we've got great staff that I cannot be there. Like, I think it just works out the next three Saturdays, I'm not even there. It's our busiest day of the week. Okay. Um, and don't get me wrong, stressed is a very strong word. Like, I'm always aware when I'm not there on, on a busy day just because, you know, there's a couple of assholes or problem customers. I like to be the one that deals with it so my team doesn't cop the flack. <laughs> um, but they're capable, so I've got to trust them and just let them do that. Um, but it's running at a level where I don't have to be there 24 um, seven. So I'm able to work. And this is one of the, you know, another business owner in town mentioned to me is like, you know, as, as business owners, we need to be working on the business, not always in the business. Um, and I think that's one of the, the catch 22s of the structure of our business. It's, it's for those um, listening, it's a, it's a small bar, about a 30 person capacity in the middle of Hillsville main street. Um, we don't do food. It's just beers, whiskey, wine, cocktails, um, good times. Um, but because of the this, this setup, it's like last night was a, was a Wednesday um, and I worked it by myself the whole day from three till 12 at night. Um, and that's fine. Like I'm tired, but it's, it, it's doable. It's doable. And it was a fairly busy day. Um, you know, Fridays and Thursdays, Saturdays, I've got extra staff members on and the most people we ever have on on a Saturday is three people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can, we can scale it either way, depending on how busy. And now that we've got the flow of when the peak days are and, and everything is, is, that's really helped to that consistency piece that you were mentioning there. Um, and now we can kind of just focusing on, you know, okay, cool. What's next? How do we now grow the business and improve the business as opposed to just, you know, first year was definitely just holding on and going, okay, let's, you know, we've got no data to go off. Like what's next weekend going to be like, I, I thought that long weekends would be busy. Yeah. Nah. No, they suck. <laughs> in Hillsville, yeah, like like cup cup weekend. Uh-huh. Um, we had one of our worst Saturdays ever. I wouldn't pick that. Um, so it's been a really good year of learning uh, where those like our best day ever and our best week ever was middle of winter. Um, it wasn't school holidays. It was just a normal midterm week, um, and it was terrible weather, and it wasn't a long weekend. And it was best weekend ever, out of nowhere. It was Jeez. stupid. Yeah. That's, yeah. So where do you even start? Because I think this, my yeah. Sammy, my brother-in-law is an arborist, and he talks yeah. about uh, he talks about his bookwork, his wages, his insurance, his whatever else you have to cover in America. And it sounds like he's been doing it on his own now for, for probably like coming on eight years. And yeah. so he's got himself into a real sweet flow, like a real sweet rhythm with yeah. what's required. But still, every now and then, like when I spend time with him, you'll see he'll bump into a little bit of a headache. Where do you even start when you're organizing this? Like, how do you even yeah. know what questions to ask at the very beginning? Like starting the business? Yeah. Like when you step foot in that whiskey bar, like, all right, this is ours. We've renovated it. We're good yeah. to go. We start on Wednesday. Like, in, yeah. I would be so confused. You're a lot better at admin than me. And we learned that through a history of working together. But uh, yeah. <laughs> And I'm shit at it. I had to ask it. Oh, I, had, I found out what BPay was yesterday. No shit. Jesse was like, babe, just BPay it. I was like, I don't have that. I was like, where do you download it? And she's like, you're actually an idiot. Like, I go, okay, well, just oh, show toss. me how to do it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm going to edit that part out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where do you start? Like, I definitely had ideas. Um, like, as I just touched on, like, admin isn't my natural inclination either. Like, I was, I've That's humbling, yeah, always been, it's been, it's, it's a learnt behavior for me and I hate it. And I have to build in time to do it. 
So like, you know, Tuesday, every fortnight's our pay run and now Kate and I both go, all right, you're going to do it in the morning while Stevie sleeps. Yes, done. Okay. Because if we don't do that, we'll both get distracted and we'll get to like 10 o'clock at night and be like, shit, we've got to pay people. You know, the stakes are so much higher. Like we stuff up, like (laughs) staff don't get paid. We don't have staff. We don't open. Um, But then even like the little admin, like updating the menu, like really good example. Last night I had a customer come in and he's like, yeah, can I grab this beer? I'm like, yep, go to the fridge. Not there. We've run out. That's on me. Three in a row out of like 40 beers. He picked the four that weren't in there. No. And it's 100% all on me because I've neglected the beers in the fridge. I haven't gone through and done like a bingo card and ticked off. Mm-hmm. Um, the whiskeys are all up to date, fine. But like, yeah, it's those sorts of details that I have to. So, yeah, and that's where my natural rhythm is and where I got thrown off last week because somebody was away, da, 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 um, is Thursdays, Mark, Marky Mark, my main man, he'll be there. He can hold the fort. He can hold the room. He can run it. So I'll literally just sit there with my laptop. And it is my update the menu day. It's, 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 this, is, this is the time that I do it. Um, and what I find is when I don't get to do it, I find out that a, the, the menu is completely out of whack and customers get frustrated and I have to turn the charm on to try and make them happy again. So, oh. but that's been learned. I didn't start off the bar being able to do that. Um, and that's where, you know, one of the biggest learnings, I kind of knew it, but now after 12 months, I'm like, you're staffing and, and who you have is, is so important, if not the most important thing. You know, uh, uh, one person once said, a, a no hire is better than a bad hire. You're better off not to hire somebody than hire somebody bad. Um, and, I, and, and that has rung so true that, you know, someone that you can just rely on on trust gives me the headspace and capacity to be able to focus on the details and the improvement of the business, especially with the bar. Because if there's customers sitting up at that bar top and it's just me, I can't do emails. <laughs> mm. Can't be like, oh no, I'll get you beer in a second. I need to respond to this supplier and pay this invoice. No, like you can't. Like you just, you don't get to. But having somebody that can do that, oh, I can catch up on emails, make sure everybody's paid, make sure everything's ordered. You know, we've got 130 different whiskeys now. Like that's a couple of suppliers and you know, 40 odd beers, wines, other spirits. Like yeah, there's a lot to a lot to keep you know track of and on top of. Um, so, so who are just, most of the people coming through? Are, are you- like it sounds like 80, you've got a few locals, but eighty five percent, eighty five percent locals, still. Oh wow! Yeah, majority locals. I would have flipped that and thought that I, was what it was. Yep. Same. I was when I opened. I thought it was going to be majority tourists, but no, nah. no. Nah. It's it, it's regulars and, and and locals that are regulars. So it means you know when they come in, hey John, pint of lager, done. Bob, Melbourne bitter, here you go, done. Oh, so they Gary and Amanda, pot and a pint, yeah. done. Here you go, and and it's you know it's. And I know this may sound silly to some and somewhat ironic for those that know me, but the bar has become a type of church. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a gathering place for people. And there's many times, and I even joke with the customers about this as well, is it's a very it's very much a rogues gallery some days of just misfits. Like Hillsville's Perfect. such an eclectic place. Like you've got people that, you know, uh, are struggling with life and, and to, to make it by. And then you've got, you know... Um, <laughs> the owner of one of the the uh, most expensive restaurants in the valley coming in and buying the two hundred and five dollar whiskey and having it with ice with his wife and hanging out and oh dude you know, he pays what, cash he and he drives it. yeah 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 and he has you know he's you know driving his Lamborghini and whatever and you know you got him sitting next to somebody that's you know living off government at the same time like it, like I said earlier the, the whiskey doesn't care who you are or what your beliefs are 
It just wants you to sit down and have a good time. Um, and so the bar has become this sort of like rose gallery of just misfits and, and randoms that can come and shoot the shit and have fun and feel welcome. And, and, you know, people that probably would never sit in a church and have somebody that, you know, they can, you know, as Kate jokes, I've kind of become an unofficial pastor again. Um, just the conversations I have with some, some customers, it's like, I feel myself slipping back into that, that groove of, of, you know, just encouraging people and Dude, just making them feel welcome and making them yeah. smile. And yeah, sometimes Sometimes the alcohol helps with that, but hey, Jesus was called a drunken and a glutton, so his first miracle was water into <laughs> well, wine, and it wasn't just say. and it wasn't just any wine; it was fucking good wine. <laughs> it, man, like, it's so funny you say it. It's uh, it, it's so true. Like you can see that because the idea, I mean, to use to use church as a, a a little pinpoint for this conversation, like the idea is. Like not everyone's going to be comfortable. Like you get my dad walking into a church. He's going to go, fuck this. Like yeah. I don't care about the songs. I don't really like the people. The talking yeah. is weird. My dad going into your whiskey bar and meeting you and yeah. just been like, hey, you seem like a good bloke. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's yeah. there's something in that. It is it is so it is so interesting. Like one of my good mates, um, I actually met him at our church here, The Wave. Uh, yeah, he's that kind of guy. Like he's the kind of guy you want on your side. Yeah. You know, when you, you hear someone, you go, I'm a homeschooler. You have this <laughs> idea of what that means. Like, or a Steiner if, kid. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. If you meet uh, if you meet this bloke and he goes, I'm a Christian, you go, wait, what? How, yeah. how, like you're making eye contact with me. Yeah. This is a very strange experience. Well, imagine, imagine if, you know, churches were as um, accepting and, and um, you know, welcoming as pubs. Well, bro, here's the thing. Nick, the guy I was just telling you about, he said to me, because uh, I was telling him about that during COVID, I was going to those underground comedy shows. Yes. And ironically, the bloke who was running those under, underground comedy shows recently become a Christian. Nick goes, man, it just, it trips me out that it was the comedy world. Like, how was it the comedy world who were running underground shows and the church was closing down, checking vaccine passports? 100%. Like, obviously there's exceptions, but he goes, man, if we go, we go back again, me and you, the unofficial pastors, yep. and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just get the yep. thing rolling again. Because you're 100% right, man. Like, it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it, we get it's so caught up. Oh, but alcohol's bad, and it, it makes people do this. But like, yeah, but some of the most horrific stories of people being treated that I've heard and seen, and personally, you know, it, it has been church people. Like I think, if anything, the last ten years of all the different pastors that have put on the brave face and you know judged others and everything turn out to be cretins themselves. It's like, well, yeah. come on. Let's, sure. let's let's it's it's you know it's it's almost a spiritual version of still wearing a mask outdoors by yourself uh, it's but so come true. on we don't and need to do that anymore come on come <laughs> and on sometimes the foundation of the bad stories of alcohol actually turned out to be great relationship builders don't you know that i vomited all through your wife's bed and that was what started our friendship <laughs> without her in it uh she was not there and i did not know her at that point but yes yep, i was doing my best to get her in it but my wife wouldn't have a bar of it the <laughs> so moral of this story ladies and gentlemen is don't drink bootleg bourbon that some yeah. random that you don't know has made. It Especially will make when you're you trying Ill. to keep up with Brendan Kavanagh. <laughs> it's a it's an occupational hazard, I have to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just lay in the ground for us. No, it's a, it's a very good point. It is funny, like that's such a it is such a like a, a religious attitude that okay, oh. I was bad. There's nothing that good that can come from it. Thank if God, I was ever I mean, to, Yeah, you go. No, you go, bro. I keep If I was you. ever to write a Christian book, it would be probably called drunk and a glutton yeah. and just unpack that side of, of, of the stories of Jesus of him hanging out with former prostitutes, tax collectors, and just drinking and eating with them. And I'm assuming 
when those two things happen, stories happen, relationships yeah, happen. Um, that's and that's been my experience with the bar for the last twelve months, and it's probably probably the thing that's blown me away the most is how much one how much the community has accepted the bar, but two the relationships and um, the stories that have come from the bar and the conversations across the bar. Just that you know, bartenders are pseudo pasta, like it's just like hairdressers, same thing. Like you know, it's 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 been really cool. Yeah, it's interesting as well. Like I I don't know who I heard this from, but apparently guys operate best like in a conversation when they've got something like a, a middleman to, to talk about like so you could be out shooting basketball and just having a chat and you realize Golf. oh far out we'll just be yeah we, exactly ironically like yeah it's such a such a popular man sport it's no surprise like you walk along uh it's not gay if you're just hanging out with your mates talking about the struggles with your wife if you're hitting a ball yeah. or yeah i noticed the exact same thing when i was up at Hillsborough with my mate a yeah. few months ago and you had that spicy uh that spicy gin or whatever it was yeah, yeah, yeah. like does that as a conversation starter like you get some hot blood yeah, hot blood Put, in the sense that it's a spicy drink everyone on the same playing field correct because the whiskey doesn't care yep yep it's so it's not judging you it's not asking no. how you voted no just wants you to relax and smile and have a good time yeah man. even let's black people drink it no that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not funny that's, <laughs> You can't be saying that. But not people wear a mask indoors. Uh, no, you're no. exactly right. Because I've got to take the mask off, people. That's the reason for the joke. Come on. <laughs> oh, no. Man, hey, everyone. Hey, listen. I know there's some sensitive people. At, that was a funny joke. It's a joke. It was a funny, it was a funny it's, joke. It's, it's, I should have replaced it with Asians. No, it's a... Uh, anyway, far out. I'm bombing. Anyway. <laughs> that was so Wait, good. You can't resist I, it. Dude, before I go, um, uh, I, I, I didn't see your message back. I put you in a, a group the other day to get you on board at uh, at comedy. So no, it didn't come through. Oh, so have you got no. two Instagram accounts? YouTube? No, no. Sorry, wait. Let me Facebook. My Facebook yeah, Messenger. There's account. an old Facebook Messenger that is got that your hacked. face? No, no. It got hacked, and I haven't been able to get access back because it sends a confirmation email to an email that's not sure. my email and a okay. number that's not my number. So. Okay. So yeah. what, uh, what does your current profile picture look like? Because I'm going to add you to a group. Is it your whiskey bar, the Cav Whiskey Bar? Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Dude, what is that book? Cool little book that Kate made up for our first uh, first birthday at Cavs. But also, so it's got all photos of the build. Um, but also, it was a celebration that we, um, we hit 100 five-star Google reviews. Oh, dude. Yeah, so yeah, we only yeah. had one four-star review um, in 12 months, which oh, we're sorry. pretty proud of. Um, it's a guy that actually was selling laced marijuana around the front of our venue, and I had to tell him to, that he can't do that and he needs to go. Um, so he left four a four-star star review. Four-stars quite good. <laughs> yeah, and he said he had a great reasonable. time. Um, <laughs> just trying to sell weed out the front of my shop isn't how I roll, um, pun intended. So he left me a four-star review, which was the That's only kind of one. Respectful. It's, That's respectful. Uh, I, yeah, I actually respect him more for it. Still bugs me though. I'd rather oh, yeah, a perfect score, but we're now very, think, very lucky. Nah, it's awesome, brother. It's good. We have to well, have to make the trek back up there soon. Um, I think I'm one of those five star reviewers. If I'm not, I'm going to jump on board and just double you check. <laughs> I might even just break the. I might even give you. No, that's a silly joke. That's gonna. I'm going to keep it at five, bro. Oi, that's so great. fun as always. Thanks for coming on. Mm. Oh, mate, great chatting as always. All good right, fun. I'll leave you to it. See you, man. Thanks, See you, everyone. Bye.